Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 6 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott in this week on Oilers Now. Bob will be back next week. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Text line is piping hot today, of course, with news that the Oilers Entertainment Group will require either full vaccination and proof of that or a negative COVID-19 test from within 48 hours of game time. 780-496-0063 is where you share your thoughts on that. That is the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street and 111th Avenue open Monday to Saturday. Pleased to be joined right now by a good friend to the south of the province to talk all things Calgary Flames. We connect with Peter Labardius from Sportsnet 9 60. Peter, you're on with Brendan. How's it going today? Hi, good, Brendan. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Appreciate you taking the time. And hey, we've no got problem. some uh, some news from the weekend, I guess, in that uh, Nikita Zadorov has, in fact, signed after being acquired this offseason. And Yusuf Valamaki is signed as well. Let's assess the Flames offseason from your perspective. How different is this gonna, team going to look when uh, when the puck drops in October? Well, I think a lot of the moves that they made, including, I guess, the big one, and that's two-time Stanley Cup champion Blake Coleman joining the group, um, the re-signing of Brett Ritchie, everything they've done, Brendan, in the offseason, to me, Zadorov screams about a team becoming harder to play against. And there's no doubt that that you know, is very much how Daryl Sutter likes his teams to be how they potentially go about their business. So, you know, the assessment question is is a great one. They've lost their longtime captain and leader of the Seattle Kraken and Mark Giordano. You mentioned two guys on defense that I think are going to be incredibly important to any potential success. But outside of that, as you know, things really haven't changed that much in an off-season where I think a lot of people around the club, and there's still time, right? I mean, we're still over a month away from the start of main training camp. But there hasn't been, let's say, the major shuffle or change of the core that, you know, maybe some people were looking for. Why do you think that is? Is it a situation of maybe the media and the fans making that more of a situation than it actually is behind closed doors? Or is there a real case to be made for the fact that this core group of forwards may be sort of in the, well, if last year wasn't the last dance for them to piece it all together, maybe this year finally would be? Well, when we talk about this group, I think there's really three key guys in terms of the core but it's a it's an interesting situation so you think about kachuk 
who's got one year left in his current deal, and you know he makes more money right now than anybody at seven million. But let's not kid ourselves when we talk about shuffling, retooling, breaking up the core. You know the names Monahan and Gaudreau are generally in the forefront, right? And so a scenario where those two guys look at this point like they're both coming back, I think that is a bit of a surprise. Now, I've really felt over the last year and a bit, and needless to say, you know, your leadership's going to change. And, you know, it's going to be time for other people to step up, take on more of a role, and, you know, it's going to be a different room, whether people want it to be or not. And we'll see how that plays out. So, um, I thought potentially one of those two guys in particular might be in play. They haven't been. And, you know, we'll see if there's anything big before now in the start of the regular season. I don't really expect there to be. And, you know, year in and year out, you evaluate your group. You try to add to your group. You know, I didn't even mention Trevor Lewis. Obviously, Tyler Pitlick, people are familiar with him. It's it's going to be a bigger, stronger, harder to play against. And, you know, we'll see if they can, they can score enough. I know one thing, you know, they didn't give up very much in the last two and a half months of the year. So they cut their goals, Brendan, by half a goal a game. But they didn't score. So, you know, I guess in closing, here's how I always look at sports. If I don't have some of the things my opponents have, then I need to build a team to be able to compete and maybe do some things that they don't. And the Flames don't have Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. They don't have some of those high-level elite people. But can they build a four-line group where there isn't a lot of drop-off, you know, anchored, I think, by one of the most underrated players in the game, and that's Elias Lindholm. That's, I think, how they're going to have to do it. Now, I look at this team and the changes that have been made as we chat with Peter Labardi, Esota Calgary, and it seems like maybe with the exception of those guys like Goudreau who were already there, the, the new additions are, are making this team look like a Daryl Sutter team. You know, when you talk about how right, that's they, what we've talked about, yeah. they finished the season, you know, in, in a more of a Daryl Sutter style of hockey. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the absence of the captain now, I wonder whether, you know, the leadership in that room is going to shift right up to the head coach, which we see in some certain situations, right? Until there's there's a player on that Flames roster who really leaps out and, and is willing to steer the new direction of the ship. And I don't know if that's Matthew Kachuk because I don't know how he's viewed in the room, right? But what is very apparent to me is that the team is, is you know, willing to buy into what Daryl Sutter is saying out of the gate here and did last year. And, and and I think it makes perfect sense when you look at an addition like Blake Coleman uh, to that forward group as well. But I, I, I suspect this team, as you mentioned, Peter, is going to be a lot more difficult to play with over the course of the uh, of the regular season and certainly if they get as far as the playoffs. Well, I think one thing you're always looking to establish 
is an identity. And, you know, the Flames, the last several years, and let's not kid anybody, and I'm not pointing fingers in any way, shape, or form, but, you know, a number of members of this core group haven't exactly delivered when it's mattered the most. But the Flames, outside of the one year where they had an incredible year and finished first in the West, only to lose to Colorado in round one, you know, they've kind of been a middling team. And that's a bit of what their identity has become. They're not an offensive juggernaut. They haven't necessarily been, you know, the hardest team to play against. They don't score that easy. But now, I think under Daryl, they are going to have more of an identity. They're going to be harder to play against. They're not going to be as skilled as other teams, including the one in your city. And we'll see where it goes. Now, when you change coaches a lot, and that's not going to happen now for a little while, I don't think, that also, don't you think, makes it hard to really put a stamp on an identity and where you're trying to go. And I don't have to have that conversation with anybody in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is for certain. And I, I just wonder about the contrast and the style of the coach versus, you know, maybe I'm wrong and still looking at Johnny Goudreau as, as arguably the biggest offensive threat on that team because he simply hasn't lived up to that in long enough now that there's reason for doubt, certainly. Um, is he the the most likely candidate, you think, to get moved out of town as part of a, a restructure or, or finding a different identity in Calgary? I, You know, I... I would have said yes, but I've heard as many stories from out Calgary way that would suggest he could sign an extension more than he's going to be moved. Hmm. So, you know, here's the hard part and even some of the questions you ask. When you change a coach, and more importantly, when you change to Daryl, Daryl didn't come back to a situation that he is not going to feel like he can prosper in and have enough say to prosper. So part of what you go through then is who are Daryl's guys and who aren't? Who's going to flourish under Daryl? Who isn't? Generally, that takes time. You know, we saw that last year after he took over. It did take time, and it always does. So... You know, this this summer, obviously, I think in Flamesland has been all about making sure everybody's on the same page. And if you read it the way it's been, they've gotten bigger, harder to play against, had to lose their captain, unfortunately. But that's where they sit. Chatting with Peter Labardius, uh, Flames color analyst on Sportsnet 960 down in Calgary. Let's hone in on Blake Coleman specifically for a second. How significant of an addition has that been, even if just how it's been perceived in the marketplace? Yes, a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Yes, a pretty big contract uh, dollar amount tied to that. I get the sense that this is the type of player who will thrive under Daryl Sutter, and I suspect that was big reason why they made the move but you know how much does this move the needle for the calgary flames specifically talking well, about coleman well it's it's interesting with coleman because you know part of why you flourish a lot of times 
is are you in the right role in the right circumstance? There's no doubt he was there in Tampa Bay. And, and you know, he and Barkley Goodrow were huge pieces a couple of years ago that helped put them over. So you add another winner, somebody who understands what it takes to go through it. His role is going to change, though, because, you know, he's probably going to be or have to be a top six guy. That's not the case where he was before. But here's what I like about him that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. The Flames can use more speed up front. And one of the underrated parts, you know, you see Feisty scores big goals in the playoffs. He does a lot of good things. Blake Coleman can skate. And he can defend. So again, going back to an earlier statement, you know, if you don't have some of the firepower that other teams have, don't you need more people who can uh, potentially derail them or control them? I get the sense in the moves that have been made, especially here in Edmonton this offseason too, forechecking and speed on the forecheck is almost becoming a premium in the NHL and, and how impactful that strategy can be in playoff games but you got to figure as the season wears on and we go back to an 82 game marathon you know that the ability to wear down a team in the corner and and crush their defenseman each time down that's a big deal and to me Blake Coleman brings that and to me you know Warren Fogle brings that and so does Zach Hyman so this is a common theme I'm seeing around the Pacific Division and saying like this is probably the formula for how these teams are going to come out on the right side of the playoff picture at seasons end looking around the rest of the pacific as we're moving back into that format peter can do you have any thoughts handicapping that division and it looks like vegas and then probably everybody else to me well you know i mean i don't i don't disagree i I really don't and here's one thing i've learned over all the years a i don't like the prediction business and b handicapping things are so different from one year to the next because of things you can't predict it's really difficult. But yes, you know, I think Vancouver's better. I think Edmonton's better. Um, you know, Calgary's going to be different. Different. And that may produce better results. I don't think Seattle's going to be an easy out. LA is better. So, you know, depending on how the season starts and injuries, yes. Would I put a, the. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights ahead, yes. Would I say the Oilers, at least in the regular season? I like the changes they've made. I think Ken Holland has done an excellent job. We'll see where it goes. I'm going to wrap up with this question, and it's something that was as relevant last year as it is now, and that is the goaltending circumstance for the Calgary Flames. I know that the Oilers were in on Jacob Markstrom, didn't want to go up to the uh, that final year worth of term, I think was the difference and what caused the Oilers to back out. He ends up in Calgary after one year worth of Markstrom in net. Uh, what do you think of the player, and, and how how is it, you know, what does he need to do, I guess, to live up to a contract that was pretty sizable? Brendan, it's a great question. I I don't ever look at things completely that way. I know most people do, but I don't. Um, Did Jacob Markstrom have a bit of an up-and-down year? Great start, great finish. Got banged up when Tanner Tassie ran him over. 
fairly early in the season. He was injured, took him a while, missed games. Here's what I like about Jake Marstrom that I don't always feel about goalies. He's not only a really good goalie, he's a culture guy in your room. Takes responsibility for everything. He's a tireless worker. Nobody works harder than him in terms of their preparation. That guy wants to win, and he wants to win bad. And when you're a franchise that hasn't done a lot of winning, I can't have enough guys in my room that are like that. You know, I really think, you know, we saw what Roberto Luongo, and we did see once a goalie wearing a C. But this guy is more than just stopping it between the four by six. And listen, you don't think one of the reasons, and I know it's probably highly debated and was in Calgary, kind of forced him out of town. You don't think Mike Smith doesn't help the competitive nature of your group? <laughs> Come on. Of course. Oh, it matters. It, absolutely, it does. And coming from that position, too, I think it it changes the dynamic differently than your your defenseman that gets fired up. You know, to have your goaltender, to have somebody with that much pressure and, and who the game can really hinge on, loving the and the willingness to rise to that moment, of course, I think that reverberates through the, the rest of the room. Absolutely. Well, it does. And in the case of Mike in particular, the Oilers don't do what they did all regular season. And not just about him stopping the puck, his ability to move it and help you incredibly in transition and take pressure off your defense. You know, in, in the couple of years that I was lucky enough, I've been watching Mike forever, but when you watch somebody on an everyday basis, you learn. He is an elite puck handler, as you know, elite. And that takes a lot of wear and tear off your D, which is huge over the course of a season. And for a transition team like the Oilers, boy, that's a pretty nice piece to have to feed your group. Lot riding on a 39-year-old, and that is the conundrum. That is the great debate right now here in Edmonton, is that is yep. also really the only position that wasn't upgraded upon in the offseason. Peter, this was awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the rest of your summer, okay? Yeah, say hi to Bob. I absolutely will. That is okay, be well. You betcha. Peter Labardi is out of Sportsnet 960. One of the nicer guys you're ever going to encounter anywhere, particularly out of the hockey world. we got a couple pieces of business to take care of. First, got to tell you that there is an old saying in the car business. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brentridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle you're not using enough, your payments or your interest rate is too high, you want to sell it, refinance it, or trade it in for something different, go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, or call them at 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. Brendan Escott, Cody Jansen, 124 in Edmonton. Back in a moment on Oilers Now. Brendan Escott in today, the Canadian women in action at 4 o'clock Ched time at the Women's World Hockey Championship. They take on Switzerland, trying to move to 3-0 and after knocking off the fins and the Russian Olympic Committee over the weekend. Right now, though, it's the United States in early action against the same Russian Olympic Committee. And Hillary Knight, God, this one pains me. Hillary Knight, who's been a Canadian killer for a long time at the Women's World Hockey Championship, specifically with her goal over Russia 
is now the all-time leading scorer at the Women's World Hockey Championship. She has 45 goals. She passes Cami Granato, who had 44. Hillary Knight, now your all-time scoring leader there. We all deserve a holiday after the year we've had, simply put. Uh, New West Travel has a special VIP trip down to Vancouver. Take a loved one, join New West Travel on a three-night getaway to spectacular Vancouver, B.C. New West Travel's package includes airfare and a private WestJet charter complimentary open bar and meals departing from private terminals three nights in a deluxe four-star hotel all for just $699 you can visit Stanley Park stroll the beaches shop or dine in the beautiful waterfront city you need a holiday this September space limited though so call New West Travel or go online to newwesttravel.com if you've got a place to stay down there, by the way, you can still jump in on that trip. I'll tell you how you get a reduced rate on your airfare coming up a little later on this day in Oilers history. Right now, we're going to send it off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And when we come back, boy, problems at Commonwealth. Well, there's nobody there right now. That's the problem. Why? Because nine Elks players have tested positive for COVID-19. The game Thursday postponed. Will it ever be made up? We'll check in with Elks play-by-play voice Morley Scott here on 630 Chad when we come back on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.